Hey, hello everyone. Uh, good morning, uh, good evening uh, to everyone who's listening to this uh, podcast right now. My name is Jigar Shah. Uh, I'm a Salesforce MVP, um, and uh, I am also the co-organizer of Apex Hours, uh, the YouTube YouTube channel. If you're in the Salesforce ecosystem, I'm sure you've heard about uh, Apex Hours, right? Um, I am also the co-organizer of Path to Code. Uh, basically, the uh, the objective of uh, these channels or these uh, these mediums is to um, ensure that people get um, you know exposure to uh, Salesforce development. Um, and of course, they are free. So uh, um, you know that's that's what, one of the things that I love doing as a part of my um, you know whatever I can contribute to the Trailblazer community. Uh, beyond that, I've been a Dreamforce speaker, and that has been one of uh, uh, the most coveted experience of my professional career. Uh, uh, beyond that, I've spoken at multiple Dreaming events, uh, be it Trexus Dreaming, Tahoe Dreaming, Midwest Dreaming, or Force Academy. Um, um, you know, as a part of my professional life, I work as the director of technology at Eternal Solutions. Uh, which is a platinum consulting Salesforce partner. And I love contributing to the community and here I am. So really um, uh, look forward to become a part of this podcast. Kathy, thank you so much for having me here. Thank you. Dreamforce speaker, Salesforce MVP, we have Jagar Shah with us today. I am Kathy Mehta, host of this awesome podcast and will hear the stories and insights from the man himself. So there Jigar mentioning about his contributions. So today we sit down with him and take away all the tips and tricks to be focused and how to excel in our career. So Jigar, how did you initially start your career? Um, well, um, I started back uh, working on Salesforce back in somewhere around 2008. Mm. Um, I, I used to be a .NET developer back then and uh, Salesforce happened to be by chance. Um, and, uh, uh, in fact, in back in the days, uh, there was not uh, a lot of study material available for the Salesforce ecosystem. And there was those huge cookbooks and developer guides, which we used to go through. There was no trailhead. Yes. And, uh, and, and that's, that's, that's where I kind of got started. And since then I've been, you know, hooked on to this amazing, uh, technology and ecosystem. So, yeah. That's, that's where I kind of started my journey. Yeah. So uh, did you find it difficult? Uh, because you said that you didn't have trailhead in your time. So did you find it difficult finding your career path in Salesforce? Um, well, it did seem a little difficult at the start because you had to, you know, skim through a lot of cookbooks, a lot of, uh, lot of documents, um, you know, uh, to kind of, uh, you know, implement any new concept that you were trying to learn and there was not a lot of uh, practical examples or things that could that you could do uh, you know in a self-paced format um, uh, but in hindsight if I if I really see that that's what has uh, you know kind of molded me and uh, you know uh, you know a lot of depth of what I know or I'm aware of today uh, is, is thanks to all that uh, all those cookbooks and wonderful guides. Uh, but uh, that that doesn't make uh, Trailhead any less amazing. 
but i am thankful to to that experience as well okay so uh, you are an architect like you have been into that architect zone so did you always knew that you want to be in that path or uh, like how did it came to you honestly um uh, one of the things i definitely knew i uh, you know whether it was whether it was to become an architect or not uh, i was not sure but definitely i i wanted to be in the tech space um, i love to write code i loved building technical solutions and i loved uh, solving problems for my customers and i think uh, that is what kind of got me started off um, and uh, eventually when i kind of you know moved over and over and you know started doing this i realized that you know um, while you are doing a lot of micro things writing code building process builders building amazing flows there is also a need for a macro level view and that's where i kind of realized that uh, you know i i also wanted to become an architect because having an architect is one all about problem solving second is being able to paint that vision of the solution by understanding the problem and the third is to ensure that you know you turn that vision into that reality so that's that's uh, that's where i really loved doing all of this and that's where i kind of realized that i you know this is this is something that i love and you know i've continued doing so far yeah so do, you, do would you say that architecture is a field for everyone absolutely i mean uh, being an architect you know doesn't matter what designation you have or what role you play everybody in is an architect in their own capacity as long as you're solving problems for your customer that's exactly what an architect does right technology right. is just a medium right eventually right. we are all problem solvers and we are you know coming up with innovative solutions using all the amazing technology and you know salesforce has done an amazing job um with by innovating so much three releases a year with amazing all the amazing products that it has uh, yeah. you know kind of have to offer um i i think that can salesforce is your best ally uh you know uh, while solving your customers problems so i think that's it's it's definitely for everyone and mm-hmm. anyone who loves problem solving yeah. um and yeah and that's what that's what i would uh, also recommend to all the aspiring architects uh, i i think it is a more about problem solving than you know uh, being able to code or being able to write process builders or like flows yeah so you know this podcast i have made is basically for uh, people for trailblazers who are kind of you know stuck somewhere and want a quick chat with someone so do you uh, want to give some advice to uh, maybe those trailblazers who are looking for architect uh, path but you know are kind of confused and you know want to have a word so do you want do you want to have some advice for them that what they I- should do absolutely uh kathy uh yes. my my two cents for all the aspiring architects out there one um first of all um, don't brand yourself with a particular product or, or a skill it's good to have expertise and you should definitely have one but um you know if if you if you get to work on uh, cpq today and then community tomorrow and maybe some other product day after you know be nimble be like water 
right and yeah. and 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 be agile because the more you more diverse experience you have uh you know the better an architect you are because uh you have a 360 view of the whole system right yeah. and second one of the un- one of the most underrated um skills or attributes of an architect is the ability to communicate and listen and i think these are two soft skills which are extremely cu- crucial when you are an architect because there you are on the front lines you are talking to the customer uh, you, so you need to be really good at listening and when i say listening i am talking about being able to read or understand between the lines you know try to understand what the customer is trying to say and right. being able to respond effectively uh, which of course is uh, you know possible through communication and you know effective so i effective communication so i think these are just some of the skills while tech um, competence is is one area business acumen being able to you know articulate listen to the customer empathize with him articulate your thoughts and communicate effectively i think these are the crucial skills to become uh, uh, you know an architect so so you know i would request every everybody all uh, aspiring architects to kind of really focus on these skills because that is what eventually uh, makes the difference yeah i'm sure all those points are noted because even i believe that uh, whatever i have learned and this ecosystem even i think that you should have diverse knowledge you should have expertise of things while you should also know many things right that is how it works correct so uh, do that's you that's absolutely correct yeah do you want to share your best project uh, you worked in till date any best experience well, you had or any anything that you remember for life well uh, there are there are many wonderful experiences that i have been having in this uh, professional journey mm. uh, but um, and and there are very specific instances that i um, want to share uh, and 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 these are you know not just good projects but instances where i made mistakes and they you know they they've kind of taught me lessons for life yeah. so um, one of the things where i was doing an implementation for uh, one of the large nbfcs right and i was doing a you know a, a huge sales cloud implementation and we were writing um, uh, you know an implementation which is which is like a drip program so it was sort of a marketing automation that we were building back in the days when and and this was the time when you know marketing cloud or pardot didn't kind of um, was not so was not so famous and you know there was not a lot of emphasis on that area Mm-hmm. Uh, so i i was actually writing an uh, implementation uh, for uh, the customer and uh, you know it it actually was sending out emails back in the days um, you know when i was just starting off and was new to the platform uh, i was doing it on the sandbox and fortunately unfortunately for me it was a full copy sandbox <laughs> and uh, you know it had actual live customer data and when i actually shot out emails it it went and you know mm-hmm. sent those emails to live customers and then within seconds i was receiving responses and suddenly i figured out that there was something drastically wrong that i had done but that uh, and and you know i i was lucky my my manager was not mad at me at that point in time 
but oh that God. definitely <laughs> that's a moment for you you know you need to remember your whole life <laughs> absolutely and and it's taught me a lesson for life that yeah. uh, whenever you're doing implementations on sandbox make sure you don't have live data or even if you do have you can always ensure <laughs> that you turn off your emails um and and that's that's what i keep you know kind of sharing with my teams today yeah. but yeah that's that's one of one wonderful instance uh, where uh, even though it was a mistake but it's some it's taught me something which i i will remember for my life so that was that was yeah this is why we say that experience counts right absolutely absolutely so uh, we would also want to know that what kind of projects were you doing when you first started as an architect um honestly uh, when i kind of started off started off as an um, architect i didn't really have a preference i i i uh, you know i was open to doing everything um so um, so i didn't really have a uh, you know a specific choice saying that i only wanted to do projects around community cloud um i uh, because i worked with an organization which is primarily in services uh, mm-hmm. and uh, but we were also doing a lot of products so i was doing a, a, you know i was fortunate enough to work on engagements which had a very good mix of services where i was doing you know sales cloud service cloud implementations mm-hmm. and then um uh, fortunately we also uh, you know were building a product for the app exchange and we were also doing it for a lot of my customers so mm-hmm. i um i also had the opportunity to work on building products for the app exchange so you know that's where i was fortunate enough to kind of get the flavor of a services implementation as well as a you know typical product development life cycle which yeah. was a ground up product that we built and then beyond that i think one other thing um that i would strongly rep- recommend for all aspiring architects and this is something that has shaped my career um is uh, your opportunity or the ability to um uh, to do pre sales right you, you know most of the times as technology people or delivery guys uh, we we do not do a lot of pre sales or we feel that there is a separate pre sales team and a lot of different organizations have seen there's a lot of different pre sales teams or usually you know there is a a separate set of people who kind of do that um, you know things like rfps and proposals uh, and it's always you know kind of uh, perceived that hey this is something beyond or is not a part of my role especially you know most of the people think of that way um, especially where they are not a pr- uh, part of pre sales primarily um, i think doing pre sales uh, gives you a real world first hand experience of the problems that customers face um how they actually articulate it and how a response in terms of how do you articulate and communicate your solution i think uh, if you have the opportunity to contribute to pre sales in your organizations i would strongly recommend doing that because that is what um, uh, you know helps you go a long way in terms of building the skills that i talked about required for being a being an architect right and elevating your professional career right very well said so uh, you have been into this ecosystem for quite long now so uh, do you feel any change in today's work life than the one uh, you started your career in uh, absolutely i think uh, the the last two years have changed uh, everybody's work life yes um, 
and uh, i think uh, i'm i'm so glad that uh, you know i'm i'm and i i also feel lucky that i am a part of an ecosystem like salesforce where um, you know it has kind of given a lot of people the luxury of being able to work from remote locations and still uh, having their work unhampered their jobs unhampered so i think that's that's one of the biggest differences that i see the other thing that i also see is the there i th- you know with the with this whole ecosystem i think uh, there's a lot of inclusivity uh, no matter what background you come from no matter what um, you know what race you are what religion you are you know what uh, you know what expertise you had or are bringing or not bringing everybody is very uh, welcoming and uh, you know they're uh, ready to welcome you help you um, right. share things with you so i think uh, that is a great uh, great thing and uh, generally i see a lot of lot of diver- diversity in the workforce be it be india or be it be you know globally and i think that's a great um, uh, you know uh, great addition or a great change so you know like we say change for good so i think that's that's what it is yes so you also have been a speaker at dream force uh do you want to okay. share your experience how was it i think uh, at that time it was offline i mean uh, offline right in person yes i was i was fortunate enough to uh, be a part of dreamforce 2019 where i was i i got my opportunity uh, as a dreamforce speaker and uh, by the way um, uh, i had uh, i had you know my top i i did try a couple of times before and i was not selected and i used to be disheartened every time okay. uh, but like they say uh, you know when when you don't get selected or when you don't you know things don't go your way the the best thing is to you know kind of keep trying and mm-hmm. that's what i did uh, of course it's a great experience to be at dreamforce and talking to an amazing uh, set of people uh but i think it's 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 more about uh you know that experience really taught me how to kind of put forward your thought or when you really go out and you know try to uh, put together a talk uh, whether it be it be a tech talk or be it be something that is non technical how do you uh, you know articulate that and present it so that people who don't know you or not have not heard about you or uh, you know are interested in kind of hearing more about that topic so i think that was that was one of the learnings that i really had um i was uh, uh, again you know i had the fortune of interacting with kevin poorman who who one who's who's an amazing uh, developer relations who's a part of the uh, you know salesforce developer relations team and he's a great mentor so he you know he he he, he mentored me well and i think the experience was just uh, surreal not to mention of course uh, you know i'm very thankful to my organization eternus solutions uh, where uh, you know uh, they were very very um, supportive of you know me participating in all these uh, events right. where you know in spite of the workload and we all have timelines and deliveries but um, i think there was a lot of support from their side where because of which i could manage all of this so but i think uh, it it definitely is and has been one of the greatest experiences of my professional career uh, speaking at dreamforce it was just amazing 
So you also mentioned that you had tried a few times uh, for, for being a speaker in Dreamforce. So do you want to throw any lights on how one can try uh, if they, you know, any of our trailblazers listening to this podcast wants to be a Dreamforce speaker? So how can they try it? Is there a form uh, or a, is there a way, you know? Um, uh, I can definitely give some, point. I can definitely sh- share some pointers uh, out of my learnings here. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, uh, when you really uh, want to, you know, get your topic selected in Dreamforce, one of the first things you got to make sure is take time to really articulate the topic well. If you really have a great abstract, and when I say great, it is not about the vocabulary uh, that you're using to articulate your abstract, but it is more about uh, how, what is the clarity of thought that the abstract portrays. If someone can easily understand what is the topic going to be about and what is the takeaway from that abstract, just by reading that abstract, uh, that's where you've kind of made your, uh, you know, mark. Second thing, uh, you know, have a have a great title, which is simplistic and easy to understand. Just by listening to the title, if people, uh, you know, if it can uh, make people curious or make get people interested, you know, that's another win that you have. Third thing is being able to understand the selection process. The, you know, if you really have to become a dream for speaker, the whole, all the submissions, right? There are, there are basically three different tracks. There's an admin track. Uh, there is uh, a developer track. There is an architect track, right? So one, be clear in terms of which topic fits in what track. And there's a lot of content that Salesforce provides or enables or empowers all the people submitting their abstracts, um, you know, so I think it's, it's, it's good to go through that and really have that seep in. And like I said, keep, um, you know, keep, don't, don't compromise on the quality. It is not about, uh, you know, you submitting 20 or making 10 or five submissions. And, you know, um, there is a higher probability. It is about the quality. There are people on the other side who actually read your abstracts and, ensure uh, that it is making sense to them and then that's that's how you know you kind of get voted and that's how you get chosen so um, so i think you know some of these things uh, if if you practice uh, definitely there is a lot of probability of uh, you know your topping get topic getting chosen at dreamforce thank you for those wonderful pointers I'm sure all those are, you know, pointed out. So apart from this, uh, you have also received the title of Salesforce MVP. Congratulations on that. Uh, So how does it feel? Does it come with, you know, any responsibilities or does it just give you a broader platform? Um, First of all, thank you. Uh, And uh, yes, um, you know, when you, it, it, it's, it's definitely exciting. Um, yeah. it's, it's also overwhelming with all the love, uh, and, the you know, goodwill, good wishes that you receive from the community and, you know, people across the world, yeah. uh, very, very fortunate to have this coveted title and, uh, you know, like they say with, uh, you know, with great power, it's not just a huge, uh, electricity bill, but there's a lot of responsibility <laughs> that comes with it. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, people who are contributing to the, to the community are already MVPs. I mean, uh, MVP is not a destination. MVP yeah. is something that happens 
uh, when you're already in the journey of giving. So uh, just, uh, you know, ev- everybody aspires to become, you know, it, it's very, uh, uh, you know, everybody feels very happy becoming an MVP. And I, but, but I think it's, it's not, that's, that's not the objective. I think it's MVP is more of a tag that you get, but anybody and everybody who's contributing to the Salesforce community, you know, people like you who are, who are doing their bit for the community, for the people out there and trying to make sure they can share their knowledge, their learning in some form or the other, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a blog, if it's a podcast, if it's a, a YouTube channel, uh, you know, those all, to me, all of those people are MVPs because uh, they they live by the sole principle of being an MVP, which means being a trailblazer, sharing with uh, you know the Ohana, and and making uh, the whole uh, ecosystem a better place. So that's that's what it is to me. Right. It was very nice talking to you, Jigar. That's our show. Now, before we go, last question to you. Describe Salesforce community in one word. Phenomenal. That <laughs> is the word that I would choose for the Trailblazer community. Yeah. Again, thanks to Jigar for the great tips and information. I thank you all for listening. See you all at the next podcast.